Welcome to Robert Hunt Financial Market Update, your home for low-cost, long-time horizon, and simple investing. Welcome to that Robert Hunt Financial Market Update, where, as previously mentioned, we keep those costs low and investing some of that time horizon long. We got a great week for you. We're going to enter into the world of advertising. And I'm going to let you in on a voicemail I received this week. I receive voicemails like this just about every week. And then I'm going to let you listen to a voicemail that you will never hear. And I will never hear, but I created it for you. Because that's what we do at the RHF Market Update. And then we look into two articles, both involving Credit Suisse. Big Credit Suisse week news-wise. We are going to look at the bonds and the potential wipeout that these bondholders and Credit Suisse experienced. This is a Financial Times article. We don't use them a lot, so glad to use them. Then we look at the Wall Street Journal, and we see that the Saudi crown prince made an investment in Credit Suisse. And what can we learn from his losses? Isn't it fun to learn from other people's losses? Wouldn't that be a delight if we could somehow learn, not delight in their losses, but learn from them and not make the same mistake ourselves. So at the top, here comes your advertising. I want you to listen to this first advertising now, a voicemail I received from Bob. Listen in. Hey there, Rob. Bob here with Big Digital Assets on the QX. Sorry I missed it today. Uh, We're up 50% year-to-date on strong volume with three subsidiaries hitting milestones. Just wanted to give you a quick intro. If you have a sec, give me a call, 604-229-1124. All the best. So did you hear that? Did you hear what Bob was promoting? He was promoting a stock. He was saying it was up on strong volume. He was creating energy and enthusiasm for the ticker. And I don't even know what company it is or advertisement. It doesn't matter. But it is an onslaught. That's an individual security being promoted. It's an onslaught of individual security and active market products. And there's a profit center. No one is that Bob is calling me because there's money to be made by Bob or someone Bob works for. And that's what makes the world go around. Nothing necessarily wrong with that. As an investor, we've got to be mindful. Huh. How do I benefit from this arrangement? And if something's being sold to me, I'm passive in my approach. What risk are there? Well, the risk is you're going to buy a bunch of garbage. So whatever it is he's selling, it probably ain't great. If he's calling someone he doesn't know in Texas and he's in Canada which he is. I don't know if that was obvious on the voicemail based on the exchange he mentioned. But it, to me, it's a indicative of a, a truth in life that the stuff you just sit back and accept probably isn't going to be that great. You've got to go out and actually buy and not be sold a lot of times if you want to do well. Well, let's contrast this with the voicemail you're about to hear right now, which is a fake voicemail. It's a fake one. I want you to know that. But ask yourself, why do you never hear voicemails like this? Hey, Robert Hunt, Robert Hunt Financial. I've got a quick stock tip for you. It's ticker VTI Victor Tango Indigo. This one is a real go-getter, something called an index fund. It's going to keep your cost extremely low at just three basis points. It encompasses the vast majority of all public traded securities in the United States. I see this is a 50, 75, 100-year hold. Hold on to any questions, please message me back again, VTI to the 
moon. Again, VTI is the one. So did you hear that? Did you hear that voicemail? That's a voicemail that I've never received, that you've never received, because there's not money to be made in the product from the promoters. The great John Bogle had a, had a great quote that I'll just summarize, because I don't remember it in its entirety, but he said, index funds are great. The problem is you just don't make a lot of money on them as the producer of the index fund. So why, do, why does the industry look at index funds with a critical eye? It's because there's not margin in it. So people aren't going to cold call you to purchase a product they don't make any money on. It'd be like cold calling someone and selling them tap water. It's like, you know, there's just not a lot of margin there. And so you can't justify the time spent. What's the risk to you and I, the investor? It's that we engage in this great experiment where we're seeking to make great financial choices, but the input, what we're looking, seeing and listening to, most of the time, it's not to our benefit. It's to the salesperson's benefit. We're not, no one's taking us to a steak dinner or a Texas Rangers game. And in the third inning, looking to us and saying, hey, uh, I got to tell you about this thing called an index fund. Just, just, just real quick, you know, two beers in. Let me tell you about this low-cost product that you will hold for 50, 75, 100 years, not have to touch it, be tax efficient, and you won't have to hear from me, the salesperson, for another 50, 75, years. Plus, I won't make a single nickel of commission from it. And the product will be at cost, meaning there is no margin in it for the producing company. You're not going to get taken to the steak dinner for that product. What's the problem? If you like being sold, if that is a fun process for you, it's going to be real hard to stick with index funds because that, throughout the entirety of your life, Oh, you're going to see a lot of commercials and I hear a lot of pitches, get a lot of voicemails from people purporting to have a great product. You've got to do your own mind work. You've got to be willing to read books, the sim uh, simple book, uh, Little Book of Common Sense Investing, Simple Path to Wealth. You've got to be willing to read those books and then be a buyer of financial products, not don't get sold financial products. Now, haha, what's... You can always partner with a financial advisor like a Robert Hunt who is transparently paid either by the hour or, or some sort of a subscription fee that's transparent. In that instance, it may well be that you get great financial advice, but be wary of the phone calls and the dinners. They're not pitching your index funds, sadly. And next up, we've got our Financial Times article this caught my eye because this has been on the Twitter sphere as well. This Financial Times Swiss regulator defends $17 billion wipeout of these AT1 bonds in the Credit Suisse deal. So the Swiss government, like our own, has a financial regulator, FINMA, and it has defended its decision to wipe out a huge swath of risky subordinated bonds as part of the Credit Suisse rescue deal. So Credit Suisse, which has been around for a very long time, is in a bad way, not so different from Silicon Valley Bank and others. Uh, it was been poorly managed for a long time. And so there was a 
shotgun marriage of sorts that the Swiss put together with UBS, and they kind of made them buy them, but for a very low value, so about $3.25 billion, UBS will pay for these Credit Suisse shares. And this will this will take place in courts, These this dispute with these bondholders, but these certain bondholders, it is looking like they're going to get wiped out. So they're saying they're enraged. They're going to sue the Swiss government and FINMA over the matter. In fact, I saw a famous investor's name. He owns the Carolina Panthers, David Tepper. I believe he was an investor in some of these bonds. And on Twitter, some other platform was saying, you know, the rule of law must be upheld. It must be upheld. Well, what can we learn from something like this? Well, one, this is just a further example that individual security selection is fraught with risk. Bonds included, not just stocks, but stocks and bonds. So there are bond index funds that would have shielded someone from this bond-specific risk, this firm-specific risk that all these investors engaged in. And then part two is, and I'd read this uh, a while back, is that in these bond covenants, in these legal documents describing what bondholders' rights are, there it's a really thick document. It's like an iTunes user agreement, those things you always click agree and just don't even read. Imagine that, but like times 10 or more. And so buried deep in those agreements are these carve-outs and apparently this language exists that, hey, the Swiss regulator can kind of wipe you out and not wipe out all the equity and it's these certain unique instances. Well, can you imagine these savvy investors, David Tepper included, very savvy, successful investor, you know, he didn't read page 37 of the bond doc and who could blame him. But the problem there is if you're not gonna read page 37 of the bond doc, should you really be engaging in individual security selection on the fixed income side? I think you could argue no. And who are you or who are I to enter similar waters if the great David Tepper and others can be wiped out? Can you imagine you bought a bond on Credit Suisse, a financial institution that's been around, in my mind, forever, and you might get wiped out. Now, they may sue and they may, they may claw some money back, but it was a reminder to me that these are very deep waters that these investors were swimming and they just didn't know it. And when the storm came, the calamity hit, they quickly found out that, uh-oh, uh, I'm in trouble here and I did not do my homework like I should have. So let's just avoid that altogether. Let's be willing to invest in a bond index fund. Plenty of good ones out there. The exchange traded fund, ticker BND, Boy, Nike, Dog. It just, it's a basic plain vanilla bond fund. You can buy one of those. It owns thousands of bonds. You don't have to deal with this. Avoid that mistake. In the Wall Street Journal article, similar vein here, another Credit Suisse deal. Collapse burns Saudi investors. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman last year directed government-backed Saudi National Bank to make a $1.5 billion investment in Credit Suisse that his financial advisors harbored doubts about. Now, I had a bit of a chuckle. Hmm, I wonder how we know that his financial advisors harbored doubts about it. And then how much fun do you think that meeting is to tell this guy, who, again, this is a monarchy, and he he's, he's kind of run the show over there, tell him he's wrong. That's not a very fun meeting to be in, so I'd be curious... Um, 
just how much real advice he's getting because with a stroke of a pen, he can execute you. Tough to give candid advice in that environment. However, what can we learn from Mr. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman? Well, he's like you and I. He thinks he can just get a little more for his money. And then you'd always think, gosh, does he not have access to better deals? If you've, if you've got the, the keys to the kingdom, can you not kind of look under the, behind the curtain and get the really special deals with really great rates of return that no one else can get? Well, maybe not. Uh, I'd say no. And they don't have this special uh, insight into things that maybe you or I don't have. So the Saudi investment, it's almost wiped out after this Credit Suisse emergency mer merger with UBS Group. Credit, Credit Suisse meltdown also raised billions of dollars in investments made by Qatar Sovereign Fund and the Saudi-based Olayan family, making the Persian Gulf one of the biggest losers from a slide in financial stocks since the collapse of two U.S. banks last week. The Saudi investment in Credit Suisse was meant to be the kingdom's splashy entrance in the global banking sector, submitting its emerging status as an oil fuel investing powerhouse. That's never, you never want to be splashy. So what could the Saudis have done? Well, have some humility. And then you and I can have some grace for what they did here so that it's fun to see our names in a headline. So with the Saudis, you can think there might be a little ego going on here that you come in and pay a, buy a majority stake in a renowned European institution that's, at the time of the investment, was at least the name was well known. So you kind of elevate your profile. There's a little bit of ego there. Well, you and I can do that as well. Hey, we kind of did that deal, or we own a fractional share in that building, or all these various um, reasons people use to buy investments that aren't great. And so we can be mindful of our own egos that, hey, if, you, if we bought this or we found our name in the paper, wouldn't that feel great? And yet there's a great danger there because what could this gentleman have done, this Mr. S Prince Mohammed bin Salman, well, I've always wondered why, and this is not just the Saudis, this is everybody. They could just be index fund investors. The Saudis own all these oil wells. They have incredible holdings. They're, they're a monarchy, so they effectively own every asset that's worth owning in the country. What are they doing, doing these deals? These individual security selections just doesn't make any sense. Why would they not just pump money into the, or create their own index fund they need to listen to the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. They need to read the books. And it takes a little humility to be willing to read the books. So we've got to ensure that we are doing everything we can to learn how to invest. We just had a visitor in studio. A round of applause for Mr. Bobby Hunt. Bobby, anything to say to our listening group here? Um, I bet you can... Um come back and you all know what I said it's just investing is just like math okay so better listen up for that well said Bobby Hunt it is as as Warren Buffett often quotes Bobby Hunt it's the humble rules of arithmetic is what Warren Buffett said of course quoting Mr. Bobby Hunt that 
and I think that's that's a well said, Bobby. What what Mr. Prince, this Prince Bob, this Prince Mohammed bin Salman, what what he didn't listen was the math side. He didn't know that 95% of active investors fail to beat their indices. That means there's only a 5% chance that he was going to beat all these investors, but he took that chance. He didn't have to. He had plenty of money. He had these oil wells going, but here I am reading about in a Wall Street Journal, Bob. He got wiped out. He basically effectively lost $1.5 billion. Do you know how much money that is? Like twenty-five and a hundred dollars. I mean, it's it's a it's a big enough number that uh, it's worth at least examining your investment philosophy. So, as always, keep your costs low, keep your investing simple, keep your.